0: If you would please turn in your Bibles to the little bitty book of Philemon. So it's just one chapter, and it's going to be hard to find. So if you find Hebrews in the, near the end of your Bibles, and, and, and take a left, it's right there. It's, uh, it's on page 1,000, so that's easy, in the uh, pew Bibles there in the chairs, so you can find it that way. So Philemon is one of the shortest uh, books we have in our Bibles, written by the Apostle Paul. We're studying this book following our study through the book of Colossians last year. Uh, Philemon and Colossians are very closely connected, and we'll see some of those connections here in just a moment. And we're going to study this little book for this week and the next two Leading up to the Abounding in Christ and for the City uh, generosity initiative that we have been praying for some time as we prepare that it will start in February. So we ask that you pray. We're looking forward to studying God's word together. And this morning we're going to look at just seven verses, the first seven verses of Philemon. Hopefully you found it by now. This is God's holy word to us this morning. Paul. A prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Father, we thank you that in your grace, in your sovereign providence, in our lives and in your church, you have given us your word. You have, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, given these letters of the Apostle Paul to to teach us, to help us grow in Christ, to help us know how to follow you and how to be a faithful church. And so, Lord, we pray that by your spirit, you would help us to know the truth here this morning. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Let me ask you a question, a searching question for you this morning. What do you want to be known for? How would you like to be known? When you die, how would you like for folks to remember you? What would you like to be known for? Would you like to be remembered as a a great mom or a loving father? Would you like to be remembered as an amazing athlete or a great student? Some of us know we've missed that boat. (laughs) Would you like to be remembered as a successful businessman or what? What would you like to be known for? Well, here uh, there's a man that we are introduced to in this letter named Philemon, and he is the man for whom... This book in the Bible is named for. And in verses 1 through 7, the first part of this little letter, we are introduced to this man whom we are told who loved the saints. we just sang this song for all the saints, and it's important to know that in the New Testament, the biblical definition for a Christian is called a saint. A saint. If you're in Christ, you are a saint. That is whom Paul is talking about here. From this letter, though, we can surmise that Philemon, he was a great man of great character. He was probably very wealthy. He was more than likely, he was an estate owner. And he was a leader in his local church. The way in which Paul describes Philemon is that he was a man who loved the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved the saints and he loved sharing his faith with others. This is what he was known for. This is how Paul remembered him. It is believed that the Apostle Paul met Philemon in Ephesus while he was on one of his missionary journeys. And could, could you imagine living back during that time, just, you know, I'm going to do some traveling in Ephesus. And then you bump into the Apostle Paul. I mean, there goes your European vacation. I mean, you are getting the gospel. And we think Philemon got it that way. It is through that, it was, it was in Ephesus that we believe Philemon became a follower of Jesus. And then he went back to Colossae, where he was from, to help start the church there with the help of a man by the name of Epaphras. That is mentioned in both Colossians and in, here, in Philemon. Apparently, Paul kept up with Philemon and knew of the good work that he was doing there in Colossae, in the local church, specifically his love for the saints. So here we have an encouraging testimony of, of a rich landowner, a estate owner who probably had many servants, many people who worked for him. He was an elder and a significant leader there at the Colossian Presbyterian Church. We're, po- we're positive of that, I think. <laughs> but what was he known for? He was known as a person who loved the Lord Jesus Christ and wanted others to know and to love Christ. He loved the saints. And so Paul here identifies him in this letter as a fellow worker. In other words, Paul saw Philemon as he sees himself. He was a a missionary. He was a, a co-worker, a fellow laborer in the gospel. Maybe Philemon had a very successful farming business. Maybe he had some other type of enterprise that made him wealthy. But Paul doesn't see him in that light. Paul sees Philemon as a brother, a fellow worker in gospel ministry. And so in verses 1 and 2, Paul, in in the ancient custom here of sending a letter in the ancient world, he identifies those whom he's sending it to. And so he greets Philemon, a a beloved fellow worker, and then also Aphia, our sister, he says, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. So scholars believe that Aphia was probably his wife, uh, Archippus was probably his son, and of course he is greeting all those who would have been associated with the church that met in his house. And so here we have this letter preserved for us in the, the canon of Scripture, and it's probably one of Paul's shortest letters. We believe that he wrote it while in Rome, in prison, like some of his other prison epistles. And again, this letter is, very, is connected very closely to the book of Colossians or to the letter to the Colossians because of the names mentioned in both of these letters. Uh, it, it was written to the head of the local church there in Col- Colossae, and we believe that was Philemon. And again, of course, the church in Colossae met in Philemon's house. It's a deeply personal letter. I didn't read the whole thing this morning. Next week, I'll, I'll do that. I didn't read the whole thing on purpose. But if you go home and read the whole thing, it feels like you're reading somebody else's mail. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that seems like an intense conversation to have. So we're going we're gonna to study what was going on here, especially with this uh uh, this man named Onesimus and what he means. We're going to look at that next week. But this is a very personal letter, and we're going to explore the themes as they relate to the, to the local church, as they relate to us as we study through this letter. But for, for this week, for today, I want us to just focus on the first seven verses. And in these first seven verses, I believe they're teaching us what it means to love God's people, what it means to love the saints. And I believe Philemon's example can be a great example to us. So Philemon's love for the saints in Colossae is demonstrated by three things, his generosity, his fellowship, and his encouragement. So let's look at those three things. The First, let's look at Philemon's generosity toward the saints. If you look there in verse 5, that's what Paul praises him and prays for him because he hears of the love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. Paul was constantly getting reports in prison of how much Philemon just loved the people of God. And, and he loved and served the church. And so that's the first thing we, lo- we learn about him is that he was a generous man toward the saints. The word for love there in verse 5 is the Greek word agape. Agape. I bet you've heard that word before. It's one of the Greek words for love. This word agape, love, means sacrificial love. But it can also mean generosity. I think that that was what was indicative of Philemon's love toward the saints is that he was was generous. He was sacrificial in the way that he showed love for his brothers and sisters, And so Paul was greatly encouraged by Philemon's love for the church and his faith in Jesus Christ because that led him to be a generous person. So how do we know that? Well, for one, we know that he allowed the church to meet in his house. At this time, very early in the New Testament church, there weren't church buildings. There were synagogues and some churches met in those places, but oftentimes there were house churches. And so a man like Philemon, who would have been a wealthy estate owner, probably had a large estate, and he could accommodate a, a, a bigger group of people, and so the church met in his house. So just think about that for a minute. Uh, how many of you have hosted community group at your house, or, or youth group? I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of hospitality that, go, that is involved. You're having to, to give of yourself and of your space and of your time to be able to host something like that. I mean, it's it's very generous when, when you do that. And here we see that Philemon did that week after week. Uh, we also see an example in verse 21, if you look ahead there of Philemon's generosity, when Paul says, hey, I have this request of you, but I know that you will do even more than I say, because he knows Philemon to be a generous person. And then finally we see Another example of Philemon's generosity when Paul basically says, hey, will you prepare a guest room for me, <laughs> in verse 22. So, I mean, you've got you to gotta know somebody pretty well and, and think pretty highly of them and know that they're going to acquiesce to that request. If you say, hey, prepare a guest room for me, I'm, I'm coming to stay with you when I get out of prison. Some of us are like... Are you going to have, like, a bodyguard with you when you come out of prison? <laughs> but no, he, he, was, he, was, he was banking on Philemon's generosity to come and to host him. And so we see that Philemon was a very generous person. So what can we learn about Philemon's generosity? Well, for one, the way for us to practically demonstrate this kind of generosity is for us to be in close community with our brothers and sisters in Christ. When we're in community with one another, when we're in close relationship and community with one another, we begin to learn about each other's needs. And we learn how we can encourage one another. You know, this close community that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ, it's called the local church. It's it's God's plan (laughs) For community, for fellowship, for showing generosity toward one another, this is why we encourage you here at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church to go to Sunday school, to further be in community with other brothers and sisters. This is why we would love for you to join one of our community groups that meet in eight, nine, ten locations around our city. If uh, if you're interested in that, don't know anything about that, Pastor Russ, can I make you wave your hand? Come see him. He would love to plug you into the best community group in Huntsville. Uh, it's, it's a way that we can serve and know one another and be generous to one another. Philemon was known as a brother in Christ that people could go to and could rely on for when they had needs. He loved his brothers and sisters in Christ, and he did so sacrificially, and he knew them because he was in community with them in the local church. What about you? How is God calling you to show generosity toward the saints? How is God calling you this morning to love someone sacrificially? What opportunity is God putting right before you, even this morning, so that you can show generosity toward a brother or sister in Christ? Maybe it's taking a meal or providing food. For one of our families in the church that's having some real struggles and and loss here of late, we try to blast out a way that you can serve each other by, by doing something like that. What a wonderful way it is to bless someone. Maybe it's listening very closely in Sunday school and asking God to help you hear and help you see the needs of your brothers and sisters around you so that maybe God has specially equipped you to help serve and love that person, maybe by something that you've gone through, maybe by something you've experienced before, maybe something you could offer them. How is God calling you to show generosity in this way? You know, I've been so encouraged lately here at Cornerstone by how so many of you have served our families, especially those who've lost loved ones these past few weeks. If you haven't had a chance to to serve someone like this, let me just encourage you to to look out. There there will be other opportunities. There will be other ways. Being generous and showing sacrificial love is something that all of us are called to. But but students, young adults, children, let me just tell you, it's not just for adults. Don't look around and say, hey, I hope my parents take care of that, or Don't look around and go, you know, somebody should help that person. God is calling all of us, men, women, children, students, young adults, teenagers, all of us. I can personally attest that one of the ways that uh, I can remember when I was a teenager, some of the greatest generosity and, and, and love that was shown toward me is when I lost my mother when I was a teenager. And when I think back on that time, some of the people that were the greatest encouragement to me, that showed some of the greatest generosity to me, or were, were classmates or people in my school that I didn't even know very well, and they, they wrote me notes. And they just said, I'm praying for you, that seems so hard, I love you, if I can help you in any way. People I barely even knew and said three sentences to. Maybe God is calling you, young man, young woman, to serve one of your friends, in that way showing generosity is for all of us how is god calling you this morning to show generosity toward the saints the second thing we see here from philemon's example is the fellowship that he had with the saints so we see this in verse six many commentators have rightly pointed out that the key phrase of this passage is in verse six where paul prays paul's encouraged that the sharing of Philemon's faith was what, what brought him encouragement, what, what brought him love and joy was hearing this about Philemon. The, the Greek word there for sharing, and I promise you I'm not trying to go on a Greek word study this morning, but it's important for us to, to point these things out. The Greek word for the word sharing there is koinonia. I bet you've heard that word before, koinonia. It's the word often translated Fellowship. It's a very powerful biblical word that is packed with a lot of biblical meaning, the word fellowship. This fellowship that the church is to have with one another is wonderfully explained all throughout the New Testament. One of my favorite places and one of Cornerstone's favorite places is in Acts chapter 2, where we read what this fellowship, what this, what this connection in the local church looks like for God's people. Hear this from Acts 2. This was after... Uh, conversion after Peter preached the gospel and many came to saving faith it says that and all who believed they were together they had all things in common they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people We have a wonderful example here of what this biblical fellowship in the local church looks like. There's a wonderful promise attached to this fellowship that Philemon enjoys with his brothers and sisters in Christ. If you look there in verse 6, Paul says that through this shared life, through this fellowship that Philemon was to have with his fellow believers, there's going to be this wonderful byproduct. He will grow in Christ. Did you catch that? Look there in verse 6. You may have missed it upon the first reading. He says that he prays that they will have this fellowship, the sharing in your faith, you will become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. What Paul is saying there is if you want to grow in your relationship with Christ, if you want to experience the full knowledge of every good thing that we are to have in the Christian life, that is, that is best done in fellowship with one another. In other words, the way for you to be the best Christian that you can possibly be is to not do it alone. God did not save you so that it could be just you and Jesus. God called you to fellowship with himself and to fellowship with one another in the local church. And so it is through fellowship in the local church that we become our best selves. Did you hear that? It is through fellowship in the local church that you and I can be our best selves in Christ Jesus. That is God's plan. It is through fellowship in the local church that we become effective in our love for the saints. This is God's plan for us. And Philemon's example shows that to us. The third thing we see about Philemon's love for the saints is the encouragement that Philemon demonstrated toward the saints. and We see that in verse 7. Paul tells us how much joy and comfort he gets from Philemon because of the way that he refreshes the hearts of the saints. What a beautiful word picture there to think about. That was what Philemon was known for. He encouraged others by refreshing their hearts. In other words, Philemon was considered a great encouragement because he was the chief encourager there in the local church in Colossae. Paul and other brothers and sisters in Christ always knew that they could be encouraged and refreshed when they stopped by Philemon's home because they knew he would encourage their hearts. Have you ever been around someone like this? have you when you are struggling when you're confused when you need some encouragement that you have someone that you know that you can go to them and be refreshed that that there's someone that you know you can call on and just say man I just don't know what to do here or I'm just struggling isn't it a blessing to know when we have those people in our lives and again I think God plans for that person to be here in this room with you in the local church But this is how I want to be. This is how I want you to be. This is how I want Cornerstone to be. That we are a place that encourages and refreshes the hearts of those who know and follow Jesus. And the greatest way that we can do this, the greatest way that we can encourage and refresh the hearts of the saints is by pointing them to the gospel by reminding them of the good news of Jesus Christ no matter what their circumstances. And this gospel encouragement that we receive, that we are to give to one another, it's all because, again, we are in fellowship with one another in Christ Jesus. The bonds that we have in Christ are special. They are unique. When I was in college, I was a part of a fraternity. I'll never forget them saying, look at all these brothers that you're around. These are the people who are going to marry you and bury you. That didn't happen. <laughs> but those whom I have fellowship in the Lord Jesus Christ, those are the ones who've been a part of our marriage and I hope will be there at our, my funeral. This bond that we have in Christ, Matthew Henry describes it this way, he says, faith in Christ and love to him should unite saints more closely than any outward relation can unite the people of the world. That is so true, and that's going to be very important as we look ahead further in this letter, and that is so important in this day and age when everybody's telling you that you got to be a Democrat or Republican, one or the other. you got to choose, or you've got to be an SEC fan or a Pac-12 fan, or you got to you got to be a this or a that. That's all garbage. What matters the most is our bonds in Christ. It is true that our bonds in Christ are the strongest bonds that there are. And this is how we are to encourage one another. But before we conclude, before I conclude this sermon this morning, let me be very clear. By layman is not the hero of this story if you leave here and the point that you heard from this sermon says go be like philemon then i have done a terrible job because that is not what this sermon is about this is not just some letter between church leaders we need to remember that this is holy scripture and this was included in the canon of the bible for our good to teach us and instruct us so we are to notice that here in these first seven verses there is There is someone mentioned four times, and he's the most important person in this letter, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the focal point of gospel ministry. Jesus is the reason that Philemon does what he does. He had no other reason to go and be this type of generous, loving person except for what Christ had done in his life. Our call, our calling to be a brother, a sister, a soldier, a worker is for the sake of Christ. We do all things for his name and for his glory. It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father that we have this communion meal this morning. This meal that we come together and we share in, we have fellowship in with one another And we must remember that this meal came at great cost. Jesus said, this is my body. This is my blood. But let us remember this meal is a communion. It's something that we have in common with one another because of our union in Christ Jesus and what he did on our behalf. That's why Paul greets Philemon and the church there. Grace to you and peace from God our father and the lord jesus christ that is what this meal reminds us of let's pray and prepare our hearts for that our father we thank you for your for the holy word for the communion of saints for the forgiveness of sins for the resurrection of the body for the life everlasting all of these things that we have because of our fellowship with you and our fellowship with one another. Father, as we study, as we read, as we apply your word, help us to see that these things are to be done all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, you have given us everything, everything, by sending your one and only Son. And the only proper response from us is to give of ourselves to you and to one another. Oh Lord, help us to love the saints and to show and demonstrate love toward the saints because of the love that you have given us through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.